0: Well, well, well. We are back again with another episode of your favorite short form content podcast. This week, sponsored by we're not sponsored yet, are we? I think we should we should start doing that, Andy. Don't you? We, should, we need we need to start getting sponsors on here because my
1: sponsor would. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my bar's getting a bit light, you know. What I mean, I think I need to you know, we need some um, you know, sponsored by you know Hendrix. some I think Hendrix, we need to go Chit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's sponsored by Tank Array. Um,
1: Yeah, I'll get on that. I'll get on that. All right. Good, good to speak to you again, Andy. Uh, uh, all well for you? Everything is great. I was looking at our listener statistics. Apparently, we're big in Slovenia. Wow. Yeah. Slovenia. <laughs> yeah. I
0: can see that. I, yeah. I can see that definitely. Good. You know, I think we've got that. I think we have that kind of international appeal, don't we? On this show, it's not um, it's not too North American centric, and no. I think we, you know, no, uh, just yeah, listen to the accents. Um, good, good. So I think we're well, this is it, right? We're wrapping up our our little series we've done. I've really enjoyed this conversation on ML. It's nice for me, if I can be honest, for a second here to be a bit out of my comfort zone, mm. you know, and talk about stuff, you know, that I know nothing about, which has been really refreshing, and um, you know. Hopefully it's come across as, um, genuine and interesting to the folks that are listening. But, um, I've also learned a fair amount in just kind of doing a little bit of research for this and, 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 in the conversation itself, but, um, I, I have to tell you, I've gone back to a gin and tonic. I know, I know, I know, um, but you know, um, our sponsors
1: gonna be very happy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. But uh, you know, it's just, it's just a good drink and I, I enjoy it. Um, but yes, why don't you why not you tell us what you're uh, drinking and also um, a little bit about um, how we're going to finish up sure. uh, this series on on machine learning and artificial intelligence.
1: Uh, staying on the good parenting train, we went and met some friends at a brewery uh, earlier today, and um, it's a it's one that just opened up uh, probably within the last year, which was which was tough. Uh, so I applaud them for that. But uh, it's called Future Primitive, and I am drinking a uh, IPA called IPA for a Century. Kind of interesting backstory on this one. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a, a Seattle staple called Mike's Tavern in Ballard, and it's 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 funny because you drive over this bridge and you see it. It's kind of hidden away uh, a bit. Obviously, things have. have been built around it um, over the years but it's labeled as mike's tavern chili parlor so you go in you get a bowl of chili you have some beers and it's like an old school kind of seattle thing they just turned 100 years old they were founded in 1922 and this beer is to uh i guess collaboration with them and it's uh to commemorate the hundredth year anniversary of mike's chili Unfortunately, I've never actually been. It's, wow. it's a, yeah, it's a travesty. It's a travesty, but uh, hopefully I'll, uh, you know, I'll rectify that soon enough. But um, yeah, it's just kind of cool because you're starting to see a lot of these local breweries uh, as the city changes, really getting these collaborations with like the institutions that that make up seattle so um this is one cool. of them yeah well that's amazing yeah
0: i, I think that's a, a good story and i um hopefully a good beer hopefully enjoying it
1: it is it's very good um yeah kind of the little citra in there once you get a citra hops into anything i'm pro, I'm pretty much in yeah um, i'm
0: with you on that yeah you know, it's very really refreshing
1: yeah, maybe a taste of guava or passion fruit, as we've <laughs> spoken about in the previous episode. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? um, so you know, I, as this is the last episode of, and I, I, I'm not saying last episode of the podcast, but last episode of this mini series, kind of want to do the wrap up, right? Like, yes. I think it's a good story arc that we do with these. Is we have the final episode and and have like the big heavy question you know and uh, of the series and really since we've been talking about AI ML so much you know there's so much doom and gloom around AI ML right like where is this all heading is skynet happening <laughs> like yeah. you know do we <laughs> have to worry about deep fakes and and, and where is humanity going uh, with AI ML and so that's that's a it's a big question but it is a
0: big question and more way bigger than we could possibly address in the time we allot ourselves here um you know i think to your point though there is a little bit of a pr problem um around the technology itself and it has i think very little to do with terminator right or this idea that machines are suddenly going to rise up and destroy humanity although there's definitely an element of that although that seems a little far-fetched even to my imaginative um mind (laughs) i think it has more to do with some of the misapplication or not maybe even not misapplication let's just say worrisome application of technology i'm talking about facial recognition yeah. talking about you know its application in law law enforcement in immigration services you know those are areas that i think um we expect a certain amount of humanity and um when you put a machine in there um you lose that right because mm-hmm. it is ultimately a very objective thing um And I think that's where there's a bit of a PR problem around ML. Um, And I think probably a little bit unjustly because, you know, I think we said this in a previous episode, you know, it comes back to that whole gun manufacturer argument Mm. that, you know, they just make the tool and, and um, it's people that pull the trigger and, you know, say what you like about gun rights here in the U S there is a certain element of truth to that. It's not exactly. So I think the people who are making this technology aren't doing it nefariously, but, there are applications, as there are with any te- technology, that perhaps aren't always in the best interests of, of humanity and our future. And I think that's where we, we struggle a little bit with this because it's so visceral, you know. Yeah. And, and then combine that with the science fiction side of it, where you know machines are essentially sentient and and uh, out out to um, you know have, eat, eat us for lunch. Um, you know, I think that's where it comes from. <laughs>
1: I think remove the problem is what they're they're really looking at. well, I think you're you're right, um in that you know there there is an element of uh, of the PR problem, right? Like mm-hmm. and of course, we like, you know, we like movies with drama. Like no one wants to re watch a movie where we go, oh, that's nice that AIML helped that person uh, park their car. Like, no one wants, you know. I'm never going to live that
0: down, that example no, of, not at you all. know, you're like, oh, let's cure cancer. And I'm like, no, I want my car parked. I don't like parking
1: cars. <laughs> it's going to solve it all, David. I no feel like an idiot. It might actually, it might actually fold like your mirrors in, too. So, uh, but I think uh you know, what, what's interesting about technology and just the, maybe this is too esoteric about the human experiences, there's always going to be the checks and balances. And what I mean by that is we we mentioned this in the deep fake uh, uh, episode that we had where you've got researchers that are becoming better at creating deep fakes, but then you also have research researchers on the flip side that are getting better than than uh or better at detecting deep fakes so there is this element of um the pendulum going back and forth and i think what's interesting is when you look at that just from uh our viewpoint as as living in the in the present day the pendulum is swinging one way or the other you don't really know where it's at, but like when you take a step back, uh, as as looking through history, like you kind of see that everything moderates itself, or you hope it does. I think uh, I would like
0: to argue a counterpoint a little oh, bit. On okay. Um, I think that's a little bit. Um, I I I think that this notion that we will always retain control because we will always be able to apply the right amount of control checks, balances, whatever, you know, whatever it actually amounts to is a little bit disingenuous because, Mm -hmm. you know, in the, in the field of virology, for example, we have documented examples of where we lose control and bad things happen. Um, you know, to me, this notion that, um, it's never going to get out of control because humans are always going to be in the loop. Is actually uh, uh, predicated on this idea that we're always going to insert ourselves in the learning process, and we don't. We already don't. We already let these algorithms go off and iterate. You know that that whole episode that whole episode we did on the Starcraft, like you know mm-hmm. the, uh, the Star Go or is it? I can't remember what it is now. But, Alpha yeah. Star. Alpha stuff. <laughs> <It's> complete opposite <laughs> of what I said. Oh boy. Okay, we'll edit that out in post. Right. Um, yeah, post. You know. Post. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know that that thing went off and spent a week doing the equivalent of like two hundred and fifty years worth of training, and no one was in the loop. Now I know that the 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 ability for it to do any harm in that case is entirely limited by the the constructs of the environment it's in, but I'm not so sure that we can sit here and say, well, humans will always have a leash on this
1: thing. Let me, let me, uh, counter your counter. (laughs) Um,
0: this is very unusual folks. I I know.
1: Oh, uh, so, you know, going back to the virology, um, example, right. And I'm assuming you're talking about antibiotics and, um, immunization of it, it, correct me if I'm wrong.
0: Well, I, I just mean you know there have been th- things that we thought we have control of complex systems like vi- virology, right? That's mm. essentially or, you know biology in general is a complex system, and we've figured we've got our fingers in all the holes, right? We're plugging it, and actually it doesn't. It gets away from us. Diseases get out. Um, and I'm not. And by the way, I am not suggesting. For, I'm not making any parallels with Wuhan or any of that stuff. No, I'm no, just no. saying in general. <laughs> Like we've had, we've made mistakes with viruses and, um, because complex systems as they, as they become more complex, inherently become less stable and less um, discernible. And, and essentially this is chaos theory, which by the way, should be uh, definitely an episode there we do, go. in the future. There it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you know I mean? He's going <laughs> yeah, yeah, to explain it to everyone. You <laughs>
0: exactly. Right. <laughs> we do. We want, we want, what's the character's name? Gosh, I want you remember it now. Doctor something. Right? Uh, um, oh uh, God. yeah, anyways. Ian Malcolm, right? Isn't yeah. It? Oh, yeah there good we
1: go. good one. There
0: you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get Ian Malcolm on here and he's going to tell us all about chaos theory. But yeah, no, but I, I think that's a little bit conceited, right? I don't think we can. And, and because these systems are becoming more complex and more um, sophisticated and unpredictable, I don't think it's fair to say that we'll always have a re- leash on it now. I think it does depend somewhat comes back to the, the argument on application, right? Like if we yeah. never let, if we never put this intelligence into something that can actually do us some harm, no problem, but I don't trust us there at all.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I, this goes back, I think to a, uh, oh man, this, this is getting deep philosophically very quickly, but because it's like, well, what lens are you looking through? Like, are you looking through like your lifetimes lens? Are you looking through the age of humanity? Like, I feel yeah, like okay, as, you, as you pull back now, granted, it's not great. <laughs> like, you know, I don't want my life. Uh, I never thought I'd live through a pandemic or an endodemic as they're called. Right. They're calling Ooh. it an endodemic now. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, they might invite me on NPR at one point, um, but <laughs> you've got the voice for it. If, no, I don't. <laughs> you do. I definitely don't. Um, but I think the I think that that's what's interesting about this whole AI ML is it's such a nascent, like as advanced as everyone thinks it is, it's still very nascent. Like yes, we're still trying to, and and, and uh, researchers are getting better at this, but they're still trying to apply ML models as if they were trying to replicate the human brain, right? Which is, we all all think it's it's the reverse, that the human brain is the ultimate computer, which it really isn't. Like, computers and brains function vastly, vastly di- in different um, regards. Um, which is also interesting, which is another episode we should do, is why are uh, the difference between um, digital systems and um, analog systems... And how yes. things are, are flipping back actually to analog systems versus digital. Um, totally different subject. But going back to the AI ML question, like where is it taking us? I think so for us to actually get to the next level. <clears throat> and I'm not even talking about evolution, but like the next level of humanity is we need AI ML. And it's not about stripping away uh, humanity. It's actually enhancing humanity. Okay. I mean, I buy that.
0: I think there's something to be said that already That's we can see strong how it's <laughs> not. No, I mean, I think we can see already how it is augmenting human existence in ways that is, you know, helpful. Um, not just in, you know, parking a car, which I still maintain is an incredibly <laughs> helpful um, contribution, at least to my life, but in areas of, you know, huge computational, um, weight and, you know, a, 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 and, and, in dealing with complex, um, environments and through generalization, creating interesting and new research and nuances. I think all of that's there Yeah. already. And, but to your point, you know, I think you said this in our last episode, the, this is even like making, you know, Moore's law look a bit tame, isn't it? I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you know, just, we should probably explain Moore's law, um, I think suggests that comp- the computational power doubles every, is it 10 years or two years? I I can't remember.
1: Yeah. It's every
0: year, isn't it? Or something. Yeah, It's every year. Yeah. Um, And I think honestly um, that has somewhat um, when it comes to traditional computers and traditional computer software, it's probably still true, but it's definitely not, you know, the, 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 the acceleration isn't sustainable in the Mm -hmm. current model Mm -hmm. step in step. All right. So insert machine learning and insert, you know, other um, physical platforms like quantum computers. And I think we get not just back on that curve, but I think we exceed it. And that's the bit that worries me because when you have growth that is that exponential, um, I don't know that we have the time, the inclination, the ability to keep um, a wraps on it so that it is always in that, you know, to your point, enhancing human life and not, an existential threat to it <laughs>
1: so you bring up an interesting point which is more of a f- philosophical point is like at what point does our i mean i'm sure sh- there's i know there's plenty of uh, sci-fi uh movies out there about this but like at what point do we create technology that goes beyond human comprehension like are we evolving our understanding of the universe as fast as our technology is moving I think we've already
0: done it. I just think we're, I think where we're, where we're different is that human beings are the ultimate generalists, right? We have, because of our largely environmental upbringing and somewhat, I think, evolution evolutionary gains, we are adaptive, but we're generalists and I'm not suggesting people aren't experts in certain fields, but they are, you know, on the spectrum of human understanding. Um, I don't think that by comparison, you can compare them to some advanced machine learning models that in a fraction of the time, um, can do what humans can do and better they, mm. I'll give you an example. I saw a, um, a video recently of, um, piece of, um, software that, um, uses a uh, video camera as an input and mm. it can lip read and it can lip read with an accuracy of about 99.8% um, in any language. Wow. And, humans even those who have been doing it for 15 20 their entire lifetime generally speaking can get about 70 to 80 percent accuracy and those are the people in the top of their field great example right it's (laughs) how yeah for those of you i'm sure those of you out there who who watched 2001 a space odyssey how essentially (laughs) learns that he's been (laughs) planning to shut him down because he's lip reading um another great example of like i think the conversation we talked about last week right where you know uh, uh, science fiction becomes reality but yeah, I mean that that tells me that we're already there. Like yeah. we already are producing. In, in but, but again, these are specialist areas. They're not generalists, right? The the issue I think becomes more scary when this does generalize at, at the level that humans can. Um, and then I don't know, right? I don't know what what happens there. Perhaps something. Ne- perhaps it will never happen. Maybe we're always going to build very specialized algorithms that don't, aren't meant to just survive in the world in general, but are designed to tackle very specific problems. And maybe that's where it stops. I don't, I don't know, honestly.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I think like, um, as humans, we, we, (laughs) once again, we went from very technology focused to a very philosophical point, uh, but it's is philosophical,
0: stuff. isn't it? I think you know this whole "where are we? Where does this lead?" It's hard to tackle that without you know taking a philosophical viewpoint, in my opinion, because we well, one, you and I don't know, <laughs> and two, um, you know, when you're trying to predict the future, I think sometimes that's that's the best way to tackle it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it goes back to that question of. Are we creating things to solve a specific problem or are we just creating things to create things? Um,
0: that's the slippery slope though, isn't it? Once, right. we, once we decide that we want to build systems that are capable of generalizing outside of a core purpose or core function, I don't know where that leaves us. And I feel like that's yeah, That's the for whatever reason, that's a threshold that I'm a little nervous about crossing. Um, you know, another example is I read recently, there's a machine learning algorithm now that can write software, computer software, uh, a procedural, you know, like not, not machine learning algorithms, but essentially, you know, um, regular c- computer software about the same, uh, with the same level of quality, um, as a graduate, new graduate. Mm. So now we have computers that can program themselves, um, albeit, you know, to do largely procedural, um, you know, sp- prescriptive tasks, but still. So you know, I always, I'm, I'm, I think we're on the cusp of something amazing, clearly amazing, and also a little bit scary. If to your original point, we don't manage to keep a leash on it, yeah. um, and make sure that it's always working for us and not orthogonal, or worse still, contrary to 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 you know what it is we want.
1: Yeah. Now I'm with you. I think, uh, you know, just kind of closing thoughts on the whole AI ML thing. I think, uh, once again, I'll go back to the fact that, that the whole point of doing of any technology, right. Is to make the human experience better. Um, and once we lose the plot on that, (laughs) that's when we get ourselves in trouble.
0: Yeah, and I just think there's plenty of examples of where we've mishandled technology in the past, particularly, especially, particularly technology not of our making. And I come back to the virology. You know, this essentially, it's, although it's not technology in in the sense that we think of it, it, is a complex system that we don't understand fully, and yet we've tried to wield it. You know, ostensibly to our benefit, right? In the study of vaccination and immunology, like working with viruses is a fact of life, and at times we've kind of screwed up, and things, bad things, have happened. And I just wonder here when we start to create ever more complex, unpredictable behaviors in computer software, essentially, whether the same trappings are lying in wait for us in a, in a time not too far around the corner. Well, that's really depressing, isn't it? I feel like we've ended on a bad note.
1: Well, we a song. Is your, park, your, <laughs> your parking problem is going to be solved. So, I Mate, mean, as long as that as
0: long as I, you know, if I never have to do that again, <laughs> you know, I would be um I'd be happy man and maybe maybe that's all I want for
1: machine yeah. learning. <laughs> well, I think that but I but I think that it is like for all of the doom and gloom, I mean, it's just the two sides of the same coin, right? Like for all the doom and gloom, there's always the bright side, right? Of Making a better, better world for, you know, can AIML help us with climate change? Like, hey, guess what? We screwed up the planet. Now we need to engineer our ways out of it, and I think that's where ML really helps us. Is you're, you're basically you're, I think suspecting, I suspect
0: unwittingly, um, describing the plot of Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> Maybe part is, two had the great, <laughs> great uh, PlayStation game. That's funny.
1: <laughs>
0: but no, yes, I agree right. with you. I, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think we have to wrap this up. Uh, I think we've, I think we've ended on the perfect note of levity. There, I don't think we need to take it any further. Um, but um, yeah, do you have any? Do you have any kind of final thoughts on this? Anything you want to just tie tie off this this rather interesting session on ML?
1: Uh I think this goes back and we'll probably touch on this like w- through several mini like of our story arcs around um technology is like it's a double-edged sword and it'll help us it'll hurt us and it's just how humanity kind of chooses to use it.
0: Yes, I agree. I think that I couldn't say any better. I think it's a tool and the only thing is when you're dealing with complex tools you need to be extremely careful about your application. Um, because um, in in unpredictable systems, unpredictable things happen. Yes, wonderful. So next week, I don't know what we're going to talk about yet. I think you and I are going to chat about it offline. Um, We're probably going to take, as is the case with the last call, probably a pretty sharp right angle on the subject matter and jump into a whole new area um, of uh, interesting discourse. In the meantime, um, folks at home really appreciate the listen and uh, be safe out there. And, of course, as always, be curious.